Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Alright, it's episode 12, season 7 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, John Steckles from Manchester. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. And Mark Stoll from California. Good afternoon. I should have said yee-haw as well. <laughs> right. Um, only one place to start. North London Derby. Top of, top, of the, top of the table again for third week in a row. And victory over Arsenal. How sweet are all those things in the same sentence? Unbelievable, really. Um, the manner of the victory may be a bit painful to watch at times, but you can't ignore the fact that we are picking up important results Jose knows how to get results from teams and I think that's the, he he's still got it and he's making us into some a team that could win something mm-hmm. let's let's not be about the bush we could win we could we can walk we've always said in the last couple of seasons we need a trophy we really need a trophy and I think we're um to uh take the words from Funkadelic standing on the verge of getting it on um yeah fantastic result today fantastic I, I, I loved it it was it, it it's tough on the nerves but it's ruthless and it's effective was it and was it tough on the nerves though was it because I was just just speaking with Mark just just off air Mark asked you know how, how was I was I you know relaxed about it and I've got to say I've been relaxed all day about it I haven't felt nervous from the North London derby I I was fine watching it and I just felt that I didn't feel there were a threat at any point in the game. And yeah, they had. I d- did either of you look at the possession stats, what they were? Oh, it was no. something like 28, 72 or something like that. In favour of them, 72. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, 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 I got the impression they had a lot of the ball. I just didn't, didn't know how much because I hadn't seen any stats. But I, I didn't feel at any point. Whereas, say, with City, with Chelsea, Ch- Chelsea game felt a bit closer last week. City, they're a good side. You give them, give a player like De Bruyne half a chance, Silver, etc. They'll punish you. But I just, I was like, right, whip it in. Another cross. Yeah, that's fine. We're going to deal with it. Um, right at the very end, I think I messaged you, John, and I said something like, it was like the fight of the last five minutes. And I said, um, the, the, the Arsenal have lost. The, 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 that's it. It's game over. Not because it was 2-0 and, 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 and it was only five minutes of the game, but I just looked at their players. I looked at the mentality. I looked at Bamiyang, who's supposedly their best player. And he just looked, he looked, looked beaten. Do you, know, do you know that feeling of just when you look at somebody in a game? And sometimes it's, it's your own team. It's, and you just look at the player and you just the body language. It's just like, we've lost. We've, that's, that's what it felt like. Anyway. Maybe that's me. I was just just a bit more relaxed about it. I'm I'm always nervous going into a North London derby jab because it is, um, it's a, there's there's unknowns in there. It, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, any either team could turn up on the day and win, um, but and you know there there was still nerves for me. And I will remind everybody of the the fact that we're three 0 up against West Ham, and I know you said that West Ham had more fight. They did, but you you know you can't take these things for granted. I don't think, um, but. 
fantastic and you're right they were toothless absolutely toothless and I think Jose realised that let them out of possession pick them off on the break Mark the last time we played Arsenal was just sort of when football resumed after lockdown and I think it was you and I were doing the pod on that occasion that's right yeah and it's fair to say if anyone listened to that pod we weren't overly for whatever reason whether it was just the fact that it was a surreal situation with no crowds resumption of football after a long gap intensity of the game I felt then was wasn't as much as now for whatever reason we weren't particularly enthusiastic we were a little bit downbeat when we did that pod which is a bit of a you shouldn't be it's, it's, it's Arsenal but um, did you enjoy the, t- today's game more than, than back think, then I think I think right now the formula for me is, is I don't start beginning to enjoy any game until about 75 minutes in mm-hmm. when I start to think that we're actually we've turned the corner it, it always seems to feel the way we're playing right now it feels like it sort of when we get to that point in the game you you start to really feel that the opposition's legs are getting tired and mentally they're you know they're starting to give up and and, and lose hope so yeah it, it's not an easy watch for me it really isn't especially especially not creating chances it's it's really difficult for me to deal with and i actually said to uh, my son while we we're watching today like you know what I'm, it's only been three games really but I'm just looking forward to going into a match and playing a team and just thinking we're just going to tear this lot up mm. you know I just I just can't, get, I can't it, it's it's hard for me to look at it that way when we're not going at teams and creating multiple chances but it was fantastic result today no two words about it and it was extremely pleasurable to beat them today because you know, I've I've been off work. I've had some health issues recently, so I've been bored as hell at home. So I've been watching all kinds of stupid shit on YouTube and AFTV comment and shit they've been saying. So that kind of added a little bit of fire to um, to the way I watch the game today. I think it's always easier, whatever anybody says, and I know a lot of Spurs fans are sort of, this is reflected in some of the questions, are sort of very much, you know, we, we've had enough of years and decades of playing pretty football and not winning anything, just just we don't care about the. I get that, I understand that, but I think even those same people would much rather watch the second half performance against Southampton or... The six one, or the the six one demolition. It's so much easier on the eye. That's, I think most sane people, most football people would 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 agree with that. Having said that, you know there are times when you can't always do that, and there is also times when you don't play particularly well. And I think it's in those moments where um, it's important that you learn to play a different way and still get the result. And that's what we're doing now. And I think to some degree, you can appreciate you can appreciate watching us play like we did today. Um, in the, I don't think it was sort of back to the wall stuff. I never felt we were sort of under the cosh. But that was my. I know we sort of maybe slightly all differed a bit on that in terms of like how we felt and how nervous we were. But I never felt that this was the opposition were a fantastic team that were tearing us apart and we're just sort of hanging on to it. I did feel that. Yeah, we just gave them the ball. We felt, un- we, we but we had we had the control of the game. Compact back four, 
midfield dropping back, um, just making it really, really difficult. And and it's almost like that's a fine art as well. And it seems like we've, we've, we're starting to master that. And it's paying dividends in terms of, res- terms of results. Um, you- I'd agree. That we're, we're so organised as a team. So organised at the moment. Everybody knows his job and everybody's doing that job. Um, and I've, I've got to say, we're defending like I can't remember at the moment. It's absolutely superb. Like you say, every every ball that came in that box was dealt with. There was very little second ball onto a um, a scum player or anything like mm. that. It was it was all dealt with and, and out. The only problem was we were so compact into the box. There was no when in that second half it it very rarely went into their into their half at all. Um, but yeah, very little troubled us at all. Very, very little. But you're right. We can play time when we need to. That United Southampton proved it. Yeah. And we can prove that we can defend for, and see games out for long periods of time. Um, it, I wonder how much of that is Ledley's influence as he's come in as a defensive coach. Hmm. I, I think it's, it's um, it's like we're it's like our we become a bunch of riot police with shields, and we stand there. And we just kind of hold and still, or we start pushing, like I was saying to Jav earlier. Like today, we just kept pushing Arsenal over into that left wing and holding them there and saying, okay, you know, we'll try and win the ball off you. We'll wait for you to cross it so we can clear it, kind of thing. And it just seems like we've, we've got such a huge control over things defensively right now. And we're just on fire. We've got something to defend. We've got a, a run to defend. We've got clean sheet record to defend. All this incentive to do so. And we're just fucking killing it. Mm. And I think the biggest thing for me to think about today is the composure. He has brought composure to us. And I'm sure it's Hoybier as well. And mm. it's not everybody. It's the composure when we're under the, you know, before it was like, you put us under the cosh, and oh God, here we go. But now it's like, come on, bring it on, put us under the cosh. We're just going to, you know, stand stand together and, and see you out of here. Maybe there's too, there's too many of those where we've been trying to hold on to that lead, or, and we've been sitting back and we've conceded late on. And I've I've got to get over that and now believe that we can do it. And I suppose the you know the the Chelsea and this result maybe goes a long way to do that. I mean the the system we're playing des- demands faultless concentration and a performance of, of you know complete accuracy. It's so effective. But when we're winning, it's good. But if if somebody makes a cock up and we lose or we we drop that and or drop points, I can see moans coming incoming quite quickly. But I can't fault the way they were to. I cannot fault them to a man. They were brilliant. Mm. You know, there were so many man of the match uh, shouts on that pitch today. Superb, all over. I think if you look at title-winning teams, let's just say it. Let's just let's just. <laughs> no. Sorry, if you look at it, on. well, the top of the table. That's 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 now the f- f- third week in a row where we're going to be top of the table going into the Palace game. Um, if you look at title-winning teams, they've all built on strong foundations. Usually. Um, Strong spine, strong strong goalkeeper, strong defence, and then they go from there. And if you look at um, Mourinho's second spell at Chelsea, when he won the title, they were actually quite expansive early on that season. And then they played us New Year's Day, and we beat them 5-3. After that, they really shut up shop for the remainder of the season, but it was enough to get them over the line. It was enough to, to you know, the, 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 they did what they needed to do 
to get the results. It's almost like at the moment we've already started with that solid foundation. Um, goalkeeper solid, back four is picking itself at the moment, I would say. Um, probably one area where we want to invest in terms of centre-backs. And there's a question, I think, on on Sanchez later in the running order. And the midfield, it seems to be picking itself, the Poiberg, Sissoko, and then usually and then one other of usually the Dombele, who was out today injured, and Lacelso. Um And then we've got that forward line. So it's almost like, right, keep it tight. Nobody can score against us. And then we've got fantastic players in Kane and um, Son, who can punish teams. Well, you know, let's let's be honest. World class strikers, world class um, attack, in, solid and industrious mid- midfield. The only thing is maybe some of the more flair, flair players, somebody like like Lacelso, the game will sort of pass them by in in that sense when we're playing with a much more hard working, you have the ball, low block type approach. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. It's a pity um, Don Belly missed out today, but uh, I think Lacelso was okay today. He didn't do that much. Well, he didn't do anything wrong. He, he, he fulfilled his role. Um, but um, you ready for a, a, a good Harry Kane stat? Yeah. Uh, no football has ever scored more goals in North London derbies than Harry Kane. Nice. And considering the years of dominance that they've had over us, that's a fucking amazing stat. That is some achievement. He is, he is incredible. He is absolutely incredible. Got to love him. Assists, midfield, the defensive today. He yep. was in that, he, he, you know, probably more touches in, in our box than he had in their box, but absolutely a leader today, an absolute leader. Superb. And not- I, think, I think they said on the US commentary today that that was his 100th home goal in all competitions wow. today as well. Every, every, every game right now, pretty much, there's some new stat that Kane's tearing apart, right? A record or a stat that he's just killing. I think he's matched, he also has matched Ozil's record for the most assists in ten in the first 10 games of the season as well, from 15-16. And it's just going to keep coming, mm. hopefully. It's two hundred second goal, I believe, for Spurs. So he just needs six more to equal Bobby Smith in the second. Um, as a second all-time goal scorer for us, uh, and his his assist again to to Son for the first goal. Um, what a beauty from Son! Surely that's got to be one of the goals of the season. Yeah, it has. It was beautiful. Um, I remember when um, we went to Leicester away, Jav, and as soon as the ball left his foot, you knew it was in the back of the net. Yeah. It was the same with that. As soon as he hit that, you knew where it was going. He, I, I, it, superb. I, I, let me let me play devil's advocate there on that though. Was Leno a little bit too far off of his line or what? Well, that, you, you, that's Leno's fault. It's not um, Son's fault at all. Right, but he made it um, easy. He made you it could also argue that um, the Arsenal players didn't close him down quick enough either, as well. But you mm-hmm. take the shot. Like he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The second goal, Kane's goal, just before half time. I mean, what a time to score. Um, that's really, you know, it's one thing if you're going in 1 0 down at half time. Um, 
and then suddenly you concede one just before just before half time and you go in two, two nil down. That's a real sucker punch. It's, it's really going to screw the mentality, um, through the mindset of of, of, of of the Arsenal team. Um, half time's a perfect time to score, and and what a strike from Kane. Oh, yeah. well, yes. Go on, Mark. Um, I, I, as, uh, it was a superb strike. I mean, it was, you know, margins as well. We could have been ruined that. It hit the bar. It could have gone, you know, bounced on the line, all kinds of stuff. But thankfully, it went in. It was beautiful. But that pass from Sun was pretty damn special, I'd like to say, too. That was probably one of the best assists I've seen from Sun. The way he slowed that ball, weighted that ball to Kane to run onto, it was absolutely brilliant. And it was such a pivotal moment in the game. When we started breaking away and we had men over on them, I was jumping up and down watching that and because it just felt like we had to take that chance. And fuck yeah, we did. Yeah, it was, it was four against two. I mean, you, you when you've got those numbers over, you could see Stevie... Uh, be in the background screaming for the ball as well and I think if that ball goes either way it's in the back of the net but you know Kane and Son at the moment have got some kind of telepathic link the way they're linking up in games and it must be an absolute pain in the arse to try and defend or plan against because you've, you've got players with so many so such different skill sets there and such different styles of play how do you and then you've got Stevie B you've got Mora who can come on um, Bale potentially um, and you know how, how do you plan against that how how do you make you know set up to, to combat everything that they can do it must be an absolute nightmare absolute nightmare for other managers I'm just glad it's, they, we, we never have to face them mm-hmm. um, another member of that forward line was Bergwine. I'm just interested to know both your thoughts on him because he seems to be getting sort of very mixed, or I want to say negative, but let's say bordering negative, um, rather than positive um, uh, opinions of him on, on social media. Because we, we had a question from Nate who said another game where you can't really pick him out of the match, a true team performance. That said, I'd like to request. For some love for Bergwijn, who I feel goes overlooked a bit, but he does so much work for the team. Interesting, like I said, that he, he that was his view. I'd probably I'd probably agree with him, but I also saw a lot of comments on social media suggesting that Bergwijn people were were not they weren't like slagging him off, but they weren't sort of either, completely convinced by him either. Yeah, um, what's he what's he played lot the last three games in a row now? Yeah, the last three um, yeah. Premier League, the City, the Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Right, because the City, the City and Chelsea game, I was, you know, hearing a lot of people giving him a lot of credit, and I, I got to be honest, I couldn't see it. He, mm-hmm. he was frustrating me, especially in the final third. Couldn't see it, but today, I, I, I saw it, and 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 I think if you if you watch the game, you could see it after the game too. Hoybier and a bunch of them, they they. They kind of uh, singled him out and, and were all hugging him and, and talking to him as well. I think he's not doing anything. It's one of those situations where it's like, if you're really looking, you can see what he's doing. He's doing little things. He was very intelligent in how he played today and, and how he battled and how he, he supported and helped out and his positioning too. Um, he was a lot better today. And at some point, it's going to really click for him. And I hope so. Because if we can get another one of our forwards... You know, starting a score as well, then 
we could really start to fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's that other. It's always going to be Kainson and one other, whether that's Mora, Bergwine, or Bale at the moment. Um, or Lamella Raven. Or Lamella when he comes back. Um, yeah. You know, we we've got players that can go in there. That you're right. They just need to hit. They need to just start picking up some goals but again it's still a threat they're still a threat going forward they're still going to occupy players and pull people out position which allows space for the others so I think Stevie's full of running um, he, he knows he's direct on goal as well he he likes you know being direct he's, he's not going to stop and run across the pitch or, or pass back he's going to be direct mm-hmm. and I, I like him in that other position at the moment probably over Moore and Bale at the moment who haven't shown enough for me in other games yeah, yeah. I, I feel he's sort of doing a Mora job at the moment. He's 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 working hard and following instructions. Um, I think he's more intelligent than Mora, though. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've got more hope. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So, question from David Fornell, who says, and a word for one of my favourite Spurs players, Sissoko, quietly being the water carrier as well as Hoiberg. I thought, whilst he probably wasn't most people's man of the match, um, I thought I thought he, he 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 played well today. He did his bit. He did well. He he, he did very well. It's it's um, surprising how much of a turnaround him and Hoiberg have had in midfield. Um, could we have thought that after the Everton game when we were overran a bit, but. Um, Superb pairing and, and Sissoko, you know, he is very important to this system that we're playing. Um, getting around the pitch, covering people, very important player. Um, you know, and that that thirty million pounds we paid for him is now looking cheap, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm the first to admit I didn't like, I didn't think it was a very good signing, and I slated him quite <laughs> heavily when he came in. But he's very, very important again, and maybe the improvement under Jose is there for all to see. Yeah, I, he was. He did good. He had a good game. He spot. He did what he does. He muscles in and he spoils things and he gets involved and he supports other players. But even by his, for me, even by his standards, his touch and his passing today was really bad. Really bad. I didn't think he was very good on the ball. I mean, he still did a great job as part of the defensive performance. But I'm not his biggest fan, and still. Um, but I don't think I don't think he was at his best today. Mm. Not on the ball. Not when it came to distribution and passing the ball. Not that we had the ball a lot either. But when he did get it, um, I like him. I like him. I, I, my my opinion won't ever change. Is if we want to be a top team, we need somebody that can do what he does and also capable of passing the ball and controlling the ball better too. You want to almost want a hybrid of him and Winks. Yes. Um. Or, or just, you know, if we could just clone Hoybier. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that he... I said this before, with previously, maybe about 12 or 18 months ago. Well, probably more, longer than 12, 12 months ago. Um, and I made the point, I think, with David, both on the pod and uh, so, so off air, so to speak. And it, was, it was following up something that Mourinho had said. And Mourinho felt that Sissoko didn't have the positional discipline to 
to play that role. And I, I fully take on board um, David's comments about Soko being a water carrier, and he is, and he works hard and, and does a lot for the team. But I, I think he benefits from having somebody like Hoiberg next to him who's got the... Um, not Hoi, just the... Hoi, Hoi, Hoibier is the real water carrier. He's the real water carrier. He's the real... Uh, he's, a, he's a leader but he's also got the awareness he's more than a water carrier he's got the positional sense the awareness of what's around him oh, I think yeah. I think Hoiberg that, that I think Sissoko lacks interesting that first game this season against Everton Sissoko didn't start it was Hoi, It was a midfield of Hoiberg and Winks and Deli Alley that was the that was the three if you like who started that day and then it was Sun Kane and Mora up top um, no coincidence. Sorry, I was just going to say no coincidence. A good game that Soko, I think, came in. He came in for the United game. I came in for the. I can't remember if he played the Southampton game, possibly, but yeah, pretty, pretty much since the Everton game, it's been him and Hoiberg, and they've struck a good partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as much as we we were critical of that Everton game, I still believe we should never have lost that game. We deserved at least a draw in that match. Yep. We weren't as bad as everybody kind of makes out to be, in my opinion. We created a lot of chances. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, those, those couple, that and the the West Ham game, um, Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Just yes. frankly, yeah. That, that they weren't down to us. That was that was. Yeah, that was other. I agree. Um, right. Let's see. You've got a question, a comment from Simon C. His Twitter handle is at Footy and. Carping, uh, it just says mentality versus philosophy. Possession doesn't win you matches. Was it a great watch? No, two nil, two nil up, kept it tight. Three points, job done. Um, and then, right, question from Andy Island. His Twitter handle is a island eighty six. Brilliant result, great goals, great defending. Love beating them, Muppets. Could it really be our year? Well, there's a one at the end of the season, isn't there? Twenty one. So why not? Why not? One game at a time. Mm-hmm. One game at a time. I mean, the last three Premier League games, if you told any of us that we would come out of these three games with seven points out of nine, we would be like, you know, we've got every right to be on a massive high right now. And no, no goals conceded as well, Mark. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No goals conceded. This is craziness. <laughs> but, we, but we've got to, we've got to keep, our, keep our heads to let's not start mouthing off or any of that kind of stuff let's, let's, do, let's follow the team's lead follow the team's lead you know, Am let's, I... not, let's not act like we're anything other than doing what we need to do Am I right in thinking that in the league we've kept four consecutive clean sheets now One, two, three, four. it was West Brom so yeah. the last one was Brighton yeah yeah, Hugo, go up. Hugo and Mendy uh, have both got five clean sheets this season. They're right. top of the keeper table. So wow. the last one was Brighton, then we kept four clean sheets from the trot, and then prior to Brighton, we kept a clean sheet against Burnley. I think that was our first one of the season. And then you've got to go all the way back to the 18th of October and that crazy game with West Ham. Um, yeah, that's, what, that's what fucks their defensive record right up, that West Ham game. Yeah. In a, in a sense, those games—the West Ham game, the um, you know conceding against Southampton and United in games—okay, we you know we thrashed those opponents. The 
disappointment of a Newcastle game, the defeat to Everton, they all came early in the season. And I'd much rather them come early in the season, get get those mistakes out of the system, learn from them, and don't look back. And that's that's where we are now. And we're, you know, we're top of the table. I. Uh, I think we're going to win it. Honestly, I think we're going to win the league. I really, I think that, I think top four is guaranteed. I think, I think ourselves, Liverpool and Chelsea and City will occupy the top four um, spots. And I think in terms of the league, I think it will be between us and Liverpool. I think Chelsea will push and I think City will be there. But I think ultimately the team that wins the league will be the team that finishes above Liverpool. Because I can't see, I can't see Liverpool finishing any lower than second. I think they'll either win the league or finish second. So whoever finishes above them will win the league, and I think that we've got a very good chance. And you, how many Mourinho teams over the years have spent one, two, now three weeks at the top of the table and not gone on and won the league? He likes to lead from the front, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Keep keep us there, give us something to work to aim for rather than chasing and getting there. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't want to go too early, but we've got a chance. We have got a chance. Um, and looking at our next three, you've got Palace, Dippers, and Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get three points from City, Chelsea, and Arsenal, if we could get seven points from Palace, Dipper, and Wolves, who we got up next, I'd I'd, I'd quite happily take that. And you know, fourteen points from those six games would be a fantastic, fantastic return. Yeah, that's, that's what a crazy run of games. But get you know, we're getting the points, um, and you you can't knock the performance really, can you? When when we're getting them, so superb. I still I still think that we're going to have a game at some point soon where we're gonna we're gonna start hitting the ball in the net too. That that's my big hope is that we're going through this period of of this building this strong defensive unit and then at some point we're just going to start to really run in attack as well you know what i mean like from multiple areas and just it's it's almost leicester like almost leicester like the way i'm looking at it john at the outset of the pod you mentioned something about us and you know we've been talking about the last few years needing to win a trophy So I think there's there's two aspects to that. I think that as fans, we've we've obviously been starved of trophies for a long time. We've also had teams, really good teams, in the last few years. That's been maybe the big difference from the last few decades. Or actually, we've had really really good teams that you feel have warranted a trophy. So it's maybe been even more frustrating when those teams haven't yet won a trophy. Um, but yeah, there was all, but there was plus there was the element of you know the the desire um, as fans, but also the the feeling that if we got one trophy under the line, then another one would follow, yeah. that sort of thing. I think one of the problems we had in the past, and I don't want to make this a whole Mourinho Pochettino type thing, but I think that in the past with Poch, we had the club, we had the the team needing that first trophy, but we also had the manager almost needing to validate. His, um, you know, mantle of being a really good coach, well respected, you know, in, in in world football, but still without a trophy to his name, it almost felt like a psychological thing for for him yeah. as well. Um, and the longer it went on, people start to you know then start to ask questions. I felt I felt the questions were being asked both of him and us and both effectively. 
we don't have that problem with Mourinho. He doesn't need to prove anything. Yeah, some people might say that he needs to... You can say, make an argument and say, well, he's a bit of a busted flush. He's not the same Mourinho that was at Chelsea and Inter and Porto and Real and all that. Bit damaged at United, but he... He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't need. He he, he will go in history if, if if he died right now. He would he would go in history as one of one of the most successful managers in terms of you know trophies that he's won, two Champions League trophies, um, multiple league, league titles in, in different different countries. So he's got to be right up there. He's got nothing to prove. So from his perspective, he's not chasing that. He's obviously chasing trophies because he wants to win and he's a winner. But he doesn't need to. He's doesn't. He doesn't have that monkey around him. It's just a team, and I think that that's a big help as well. I can remember people. Sorry, Mark. People saying about um, Alex Ferguson. Um, you know, he, as soon as he won that that a title or a cup, he's planning for the next one. And I mm-hmm. think Mourinho's got that as well. As soon as he's got that, it's not. It, you know, we get there. It's let's get the next one. Let's get the next one, and they get the next one. And I agree that Poch needed to win that one trophy, but Mourinho knows how to win. He yep. knows how to get a team over the line. He knows how to do it. And I think he within the the, he's, the team that he's found at Tottenham um, and the players that he's brought in, I think he he. Um, He's got the players that he needs to have, and I think he'll go. We'll go a long way this season. We will go a long way. Um, the, my 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 one concern would be is our performance in. Well, we're going to come on to it, but performances in Europe. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I think we'll go a long way domestically this season. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's it's fantastic to to be to be saying um, we're top of the table and here. When they did the FA Cup draw, Marine have drawn top of the table Tottenham and things like that. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's nice when we we have top of the table Tottenham, top of the table. I, I, I love that. Never going to get tired of it. it. Before bringing Mark, I'm just, it, it, on on that note, on Sky they're interviewing Arteta after the game, and they said something like, you know, obviously it's it's difficult losing to um, to Spurs, but also difficult losing to the team top of the table to Spurs top of the table and it really sort of <laughs> shoving it down his throat almost you know they really just sort of made you think there what are, what are they 14th 15th something like that in the table 15th now and we're, we're top we're top of the table it's, it's not just that we're above them which we're fucking top of the table and they're they're just swimming in shit go on Mark you want to say something um, well just I'm just going to add on to your little point there they've lost six games already this season yeah. Um, no. Um, going back to Mourinho, I, I, it, he is a different man for me. I mean, remember when he first came in, and every you know everybody's skeptical, like, oh, you know, Mourinho's back. Are we saying he's changed? He's saying he's different. So far, he's proven it to me. He, he is different. He's more personable. He's more willing to show a little bit more of who he is, and not just this relentless, you know title winning manager relentless winner I think he, he's, he's changed a lot he's, <laughs> and and I actually quite I believe it I believe it and I actually I think that I, I think that it, during his time at Tottenham so far it wouldn't surprise me if he's actually gotten some more fans just from how he kind of conducts himself now too 
Now, this might all go out the window if we're still in the title race in January and he wants to start fucking with some people. But I, I'm impressed with him. I think... I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the playing style. Yeah. I never will be. But I, I've been quite impressed with how... He, he's, a good, he's a good guy. When he got... When he got interviewed today, he didn't waste no time in sort of trying to protect Arteta and saying that, you know, Arteta's doing a decent job and it was very difficult for us today. So, what do you think, Jack? I'm interested to know your, your, your feelings on that. I think that with Mourinho, one of the things that's been labelled at him in the past, rightly so, is that he clashes with certain big players. You saw that. United with Mkhitaryan, you saw that other places where he's been before, um, and and he moves them on. Um, now that happens at all clubs. Alex and you used to do that's that's fine. You need to assert your authority, but it, ten- it tended to be like big superstars, flair players, that sort of thing. So far at Spurs, I, I don't think he's actually done that. If you look at the most hey. high, I'll come to that. But the most high high profile one was um, Dombele. That's that's that situation has resolved itself. I don't like the manner in which he sort of called him out publicly after the Burnley game early, earlier this year, but that sorted itself out. The player reacted. The Delhi one. Um, so what are we going by? We're we going by the the Amazon documentary and the fact that he sort of jested a bit and called him lazy and that that or um, the fact that he's not getting picks at the moment. Because Delhi's attitude when he did play the other night and the previous week certainly as well when he started, he didn't seem to. You know, he wasn't sulking. He got on with it. Um, I haven't heard any any sort of falling falling out with any players that sort of thing. The only the most probably the most visible one was the was Danny Rose, and we only really know about that because of the um, Amazon documentary. But aside from that. The, I get the impression that players are buying into his way of doing things. And Don Bele is a perfect example. And Deli Ali could become also another Don Bele, potentially. Time will, time will tell. I think I, w- I was surprised Ali didn't start on Thursday, to be quite honest. I thought he deserved to start on Thursday. One thing I did notice was when he scored on Thursday, Ali did the old crisscross on the chest look up at heaven shit and I've never I don't think I've ever seen him do that before so I don't know whether he's kind of almost looking like he's trying to get his, his head right and, he, and and he's kind of changing his lifestyle also yeah. in the background and Mourinho's kind of slowly but surely trying to reward him for that too I don't think he's be, he's I thought he had a great game uh, I think his last his last start I think if the players are buying into it, and that that might be the biggest difference with, with, with other clubs, but so long as the players are buying into it, then it's less likely that you're going to get suddenly talk of players falling out and leaving, and Mourinho not being able to hand certain certain players. Maybe that's the big big difference between some of the other clubs he's managed in more recent times. United, I think his second spell at Chelsea turned a bit ugly um, towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's Levy. Yeah, you you could see what Jose is doing as a challenge to the players. You know, work your way back into the side. Prove to mm. me that you you are 
Delhi or Ndombele and you deserve to be in this side because you're not going to be picked just because you are Delhi or Ndombele. Your name hasn't got any cachet. And maybe it's a challenge to the, the player to, to, to turn it around. And that's how he makes them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's uh, a nice way of looking at it. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we've still got quite a few questions on today's um, today's game and, and also want to talk a bit about... Um, about uh, the Europa game that we played the other night um, but before all of that I think now's probably a good moment to see how the Spurs ladies have been doing Tottenham women even sorry um, they're in action today after a little break um, under new management um, where they played Brighton of the Hive so here is Bex with this week's Tottenham women's update Hello everybody, it's Bex with the update on Spurs women. So the women played today, first game in two weeks. They were at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. And that was a nice little 3-1 win, which is a great start for the new coach, Ryan Skinner. Game was most noticeable for a first goal for our uh, marquee signing, Alex Morgan. She scored a penalty. Great result for the day. I'm sure that would be a big relief to, to all concerned. So that puts us up to ninth in the table, uh, played eight with six points. So not great, but better than at the bottom of the table um, because a couple of other results have gone our way today. It is next Sunday, the 13th of December at two o'clock. That's another home game and another league game. And that's against Aston Villa women. So all in all, not a lot to say, except great to see that they've got a first win for the season. Um, the new coach is clearly doing some magic somewhere along the line. And whilst it's always sad to see managers go, um, I think this is maybe a change for the better. Only time will tell. Anyway, I am on Twitter at BunchesBecks. If you have any questions, please ask. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right. Um, I have another question from, and it's sort of touching upon what, I suppose, what you've been saying, Mark. So from Zoe Pearson, a Twitter analyst, um, Z underscore PSN THFC one game at a time mentality. Is this the right? Is this the thing that will help breed success? Well, yeah. Go on, Mark. Many can't hurt. Why not? Let's just do it. I mean, it's been a cliche for years, but it doesn't mean it's not actually put into practice by anybody, right? It, mm-hmm. getting the mentality right with um, professional sports players or any team is a, a, a balance is a really fine balancing act and you do just focus on what you've got coming next you know and Jose through these last three games massive games would have just been focusing on the team in front of him and you know you can see that the, the set up against Man City and then the way we, we played against Chelsea he's, he's setting up in particular ways and players are doing jobs for the players on the pitch one game at a time look what's in front of you and then and then and then on to the next and on to the next one i think he's i don't know what he's saying privately to the players i suspect that he's sort of very gung-ho and um really believes that we can go on to great things but publicly certainly he's tempering expectations amongst the fans i know i need there was only sort of Fans just returned today, 2000 in the stadium, tempering expectations where the media is concerned, just sort of, you know, saying, yeah, one game at a time, which is perhaps the right approach, but also 
having that focus earlier this season i think it was when we were, when we had those tuesday thursday sunday tuesday games and he was he was his re, he, he was asked about that and he said that's my problem players don't need to worry about that that's my problem they just need to they just need to be focused on the next game and i'll worry about the game after and i think that all of that is just helping to take a little bit of pressure off the players um and you know it, it, <laughs> He, he's well experienced, well versed at doing that, so um, I'm sure it will pay dividends. So far, it has been. Um, right, uh, let's see. A uh, question from Stuart Sessions it just says Perfect clean sheet and Simon Kane on the score sheet. Are you all in with Mourinho? And then he just goes on to say, I take shit football and Premier League all day, every day for a season. So Mark, yeah. are you are you in, John? He's been either I'm of in. you, both of you. You're in, Mark. Um, three key words there for a season. <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch this all the time. I wouldn't want this to be become who we are. But like I said, I still I still hold hopes that we're going to start to grow bigger wings at some point, based mm-hmm. off of our defensive stability and become more like a hybrid of Poch's Tottenham and Mourinho's Tottenham. Let's be frank, it's not the Tottenham way, is it? It's not a typical Tottenham side playing like this and that we've been used to, you know, push and run, go, you know, I can't remember push and run, but, you know, push and run the Poch sides. It, it's not, that's not the, this isn't the Tottenham way. Yeah. So, but if it gets results, then I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I mean, all teams evolve. Even if you look at Klopp, look at the way they played at the beginning. Um, it was very much sort of very much high press, um, gung ho. The gung ho. It's it still is. It's still, but it but it's probably they've probably been able now to mix it up a bit. Know when to press, that sort of thing. So teams evolve, and hopefully the hope is that with us, we won't always play that style. We will, as we get more confident and we know. Um, we're better placed at defending and being solid then we can f- use that as a base to push on you'd hope I think the interesting question is you know, it's all very well fans saying oh we, you know, we've been playing this way for so long which is just give us a trophy now that might hold true for a lot of fans but I wonder whether that holds true like you said Mark after a se- you know, beyond the season if, so for example if we won the league this season nothing else let's just say we won the league, trophy, league title fantastic everybody's over the, overjoyed is that sort of football sustainable beyond a year I'd say it's not I'd say it's definitely I'd, I'd say this sort of football is never sustainable when you're not winning games because you know, if you're losing matches and playing shit, then it's what's the, what's the point? If you're getting the results, you've got that sort of goodwill you've bought in the bank, um, and you're getting by. But if at some point we don't start to win, if we win trophies this season, but then afterwards we don't, and we just become a nearly team again, whilst playing the same sort of football, fans will get re- restless. So I don't know how, how how sustainable it is long term. I suppose is what I'm saying. I, I think it's a deal you have to make w- between yourself and the style, isn't it? Mm. We like it because we're winning. Um, it's not exciting, but I think that's the dilemma that you have to make. If, if you're unhappy about it, then you don't buy into it. And if we win, are you going to be happy with it? 
I like it because we win it. Mm. I've made that deal. I'm, I'm quite happy. I don't, yeah. It does feel like I've made a deal with the devil a little bit in in Jose, but um, I'm I'm quite happy with that. I'm, I'm I can I can work that in my head. I'm quite happy. It's also possible that. Spurs fans in particular again because they've been stars of success for so long that they might that deal with the devil as you were that it might be sustainable for a longer period of time than it would be if they were another club um, because we've been sort of so starved of, of, of trophies again I don't, I don't know how when when there's going to be a threshold when it's suddenly like oh, now we want to be a bit more expansive but that's that's football. F- football fans have always got something to something to, to complain about um, and get re- restless about. So we'll we'll see. Um, right. Um, just we've got Palace next. Um, talking of one game at a time. Do either of you think that a this could be the game? The sort of if you look at the run of fixtures we've got could this be actually be on paper the, the game that supposedly should be easier but the place that we might come unstuck um, or will it be the game that we go out and we're a little bit gung-ho and maybe we give them a little bit of a hiding or will we just see the same sort of spurs and sit back how do you see that one shaping up it's a week today next sunday so we got a Europe, Europa game in. Oh, we got Antwerp. We got Antwerp, yeah, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see us go out there and have a go and and, and be play expansive, forward facing football on the front foot and pin them back into their box and have a hundred shots on goal. And um, but knowing Joe saying it, it, it'll probably be a hybrid of the team, mm. conservative towards the back and then let. Um, Bale and Son destroy them up front and to be honest with you from what I've seen with them they haven't got much so there's not much to worry about mm. and that's famous last words and I probably just shot us in the foot um, but there you go have you, I think... been, have you not been watching them? they're a lot better team this season mate are they? yeah yeah, e- that easy's made quite a difference they're a lot more confident going forwards this season he's a good like... player he's seemed... a good player yeah, he, he's kind of almost a Don Belly like the way he, he likes to pick the ball up and drive it forwards. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely a lot better, but you know that might help us too. I mean, Palace games are so hard to hard to call. You know, we've had a succession of one nil wins against them where we've struggled, and then we've tanked them. You know, it's that's a real tough one to call Palace. Mm. But. We, it was still not. Hope, I hope it's easy as hell. You know, I'm hoping they've got enough confidence that they're a little bit more. That they're a little bit more out of their shell now, and that will help us. But you know, Zaha's on pretty damn good form so far as well. But he's usually a whiny little bitch when he plays us, and we <laughs> keep him out of the game. Are you both confident? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, if we win that, we'll we'll, we'll be top. Going into the Liverpool game, which will be mid midweek, about ten days from now. So that I think getting a victory, regardless of um, Liverpool winning, by the way, now four nil against um, Wolves, and they've got Fulham next. They play them the same day that we play Palace. They play Fulham afterwards. Um, that's away from home. Sort of assume that Liverpool would beat Fulham. So um, 
we've got to do our thing against Palace and then that'll set it up nicely when when, when we play when we play them at Anfield. Um Okay, let's just quickly rattle through for a few more questions and then we'll talk a bit about um Europa and stuff around that. So um I don't know if you probably wouldn't have seen this, Mark, but Sky, um, Sky Sports um, commentary and pundits were just really, really annoying today. So, um, with two questions here, one from our own Bex. She says, um, obviously, we all enjoy the scoreline, but did anyone find the commentary and their their bitterness about Spurs winning made the experience more fun? And then she just says, no, or just me then. And then Matthew Morony, seriously, what is wrong with the commentary and especially Jamie, Jamie Redknapp? Mark, I mean, sorry, the, uh, John even. Um, I can't actually comment on Jamie Redknapp because I had a, a shonky stream of the American with Graham Lisso ah. and some other bloke on there, so I, I don't know what Jamie Redknapp was saying, so, um, okay, I, so can't, uh, I can't possibly comment. <laughs> and I think, Mark, earlier you said that you listened to the American commentary. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, know, I know Redknapp's a, a still a salty little bitch about Fuck it. Always has been. <laughs> Basically, amongst other things, I think they were, from what I can, rem- from the bits that I can remember, actually, um, Redknapp was quite negative, but, but the worst of them all was Graham Souness afterwards. So, amongst the things Souness said, Souness said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he 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 was critical of Spurs, and he said something. Then he said something like the same sentence about Spurs being his love. I'm thinking, excuse me. Yeah, you played. You you might have played one game for Spurs very early on, on early on in your career, but you're effectively a Spurs reject. You went on to Liverpool, fantastic career at Liverpool. That's a club you're synonymous with. Please don't ever suggest that you've 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 got any love for Spurs. That's quite insulting. Um, but he also made the comment about how our brand of football is you know it's not easy on the eye, which which is fine. I, I get that, and we, we've discussed that. But he kept labouring the point, and he kept saying, "Well, you know, this isn't the right way," and and um, just banging on about it. Now, I don't recall when Leicester won the league with whatever it was thirty percent possession, thirty percent possession football, um, hitting teams on the counter. Um, nobody then was criticising Leicester City for playing that way when they went went on to the win the win the league. It's amazing that, that Spurs get called out. They're, they won't call it out when we have loads of injuries and we're struggling and there's loads of games mm-hmm. you know they don't stick up for us on that point and then at the other side they won't stick up for the way we play and see how well we're doing mm-hmm. and you know I, the media are, are always seem to um, be against us in these kinds of things and have other people you know seen as a priority but I would agree you know whatever Redknapp says he the, there's always going to be negative elements of the media against us and it's not surprising when you see the amount of ex-Liverpool, Man United and other players that occupy those spaces and the dearth of ex-proper Tottenham pros. I mean, you've got um, Jermaine Jenis on the BBC Mm -hmm. and that's about it really. And then if you look on on, um, Sky, it's full of ex-Liverpool and... um, Arsenal and Man United um, players, so no wonder you know they don't. We don't seem to get a light, you know, any good press. So Sky today, their main pundits, um, in the, in the, in the, the ones in the studio. I'm not going to red nap with sort of like doing a pitch side type report thing, right? And yeah, he played 
a few years towards the end of his career at Spurs. And yes, his old man was manager for a bit. But I don't really, I don't really ever think of Jamie Redknapp as a Spurs man no. any more no. so than, than certainly I don't Graham Sooner. So they had Graham Sooner in the studio, and the other person they had was Alex Scott. Now actually, Alex, Alex Scott. I've got quite a bit of time for her. I think she's she's very articulate, talks a lot of sense. Um, didn't say anything bad of Spurs today. She's she's ex she's an ex Arsenal um, player. Um, it just seemed that it was heavily biased that they had her, and we didn't really have any representation. Or the person that did what we did we did we did have representing the Spurs corner was a washed up shit football manager has been who played briefly for Spurs and whose views are really quite outdated I find he's 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 exactly the same as Redknapp he's exactly the fucking same he's never just, got a good word to say about he's just an older version he's just an older yeah, version of Jamie Redknapp absolutely you nailed it right there is an older version of Redknapp I mean they can't even get like Hoddle on but even then Hoddle's as much as I love Glenn Hoddle he's not really argumentative or you know he's still a little bit weak He's not, you know, real strong in his views, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, mm. strap yourselves in, strap yourselves in, because if this continues, it's only going to get worse. Look at what happened when we were battling Leicester. Yeah. You, you, they were coming out the fucking woodwork to support Leicester <laughs> and mm. say fuck us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be, look, and who cares if they all fucking hate us? Who cares? Absolutely, yeah. who cares? I, I actually, I do care because for me, it's like. We've never given you any fucking reason to be like that. If we'd given them a, these people a reason to be like that, you know, if we were like Chelsea have been in the past or some of these other clubs, I could see it. But I honestly don't believe Tottenham have ever really done anything that offensive that would make that would make us such a hated team. Hmm. And uh, maybe that's it. That we've never. That's the thing. We've never done anything recently. You know, we've won you know, one trophy in the last. And, and that's it. We're just an inoffensive little team. And how dare we be so, um, you know, an upstart and try and actually win things and progress and do stuff? But how dare but we that's challenge? Ridic- that's the ridiculous thing, though, right? Because it was okay for Leicester. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what drove me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that, that's that's what that's why I don't care what they say. Fuck them. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, just very briefly, just just want to touch on, t- touch on this. So we had crowds back in the stadium, two thousand supporters, um, and bloody hell, they sounded really good. Um, yes, that you could re- really came across. And you know, if, and, if, and if I didn't know better, and if I wasn't looking at the screen, and I had my head down, and I didn't know what had been going, going on in the world, I would have assumed the stadium was full. It was that. I thought it was. They were that vocal. It was a nice noise, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. You know. Sorry, um, I, I actually think that an American commentary turns down the sound of the crowd. I've actually watched, you know, different streams before and Sky's coverage, and it comes across a lot louder. I think maybe the American networks are a little bit worried about catching somebody swearing or some shit, but it's definitely, definitely not as loud on American TV. On the, uh, you know, on the WhatsApp. I think you put there. You, there were some the fans were singing, um, "Your shit," and you know you are. But I could barely hear that, like on the American stream. I think you're right, Mark. I think they do. They did turn that down. Mm. I, I think you're very right there. I think it helped with our stadium. A few things. Well, one, okay, we're biased. 
our fans, but every club will say their fans are, 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 are the best. I think looking at some of the other matches yesterday, um, obviously West Ham fans are, you know, their 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 fans Pikeys. are Pikeys, but they're located. They might as well be located in a different postcode. They're that far away from the pitch. A Chelsea fans I saw scattered all over the stadium. With our fans, we had two thousand people concentrated all in the south stand. So in one stand, all in the same area, and the acoustics in that south stand are really really good and in some ways when you've got less people all concentrating in one area it's easier to get a chant going when you've got a, a big stadium even if the acoustics are really good in the south which they are um you might have a different mindset of people in the north and the west stand and by the time the a chant gets all the way around the stadium it, it can be i've seen situations where for example you've got some lot of fans singing oh when the spurs and then another lot singing chanting whatever they're chanting my mind's gone completely blank um been that long since um you know and and, and then it's like it, it just doesn't sound right when you've got two 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 lots of fans different parts of the stadium it's not in sync um but here you didn't have that problem so i think that, that helped um that everybody was the people who were there were in situated in the same area and yeah the acoustics are really good right um final question then we'll talk about a little bit about the Europa. So, um, Martin King, he's got two questions. His Twitter handle is at mkingy84. Hi, folks. Two questions today. Our defence has been outstanding in the league, but less so in Europe. The big difference in, in personnel has been Sanchez, who was very average on Thursday. Are his Spurs days numbered? So that's the first part of his question. Um, I think if we can get good money from Sanchez, we can probably buy an improvement in there. We've got Rodon, mm. who looks like he's ready to come in and cover. Um, I don't think Sanchez was the only bad player on Thursday night. I think there was a lot of poor performances across the pitch. Yeah. M- Mark, you're a big fan. I know you are a big fan of, or were a big fan, certainly of Sanchez. Yeah, and and I agree with John there. You 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 got to remember that not only did Sanchez, you know, Sanchez was also in there with Tanganga, who hasn't played this season, right? As yep. well, so you put you put you put that combination together too. And just you know what it you know how it is for a central defender once you once you make some any kind of high profile mistake or a mistake as Sanchez did with that you know has done lately then everything gets magnified at the start of that game on Thursday he made an absolutely fantastic block to stop them scoring very early in the game. Mm. Um, he's a, he's he's a he's a good defender. He's, he's it's all his confidence and I think his confidence is shot here and I think for his sake as a player he needs a move and he needs to move to a team that plays a defensive style that suits him which is a uh, a higher press up the pitch um, yeah as much as I like Sanchez I think we failed a little bit to to develop him and give him more opportunities or, or, or longer runs in the team but by the same token just we've kind of changed our style as well and it yeah. ain't working for him yeah I think it's sad because because when he certainly when he joined he was a player I liked, but I just I feel he's just regressed, and yeah he's one of those where I wouldn't I wouldn't lament his loss if he went I'd be like okay fine you know good luck to him hope he works out somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you know, right, I said that the system requires um, concentration and you know. And he, I don't think his concentration is there at the moment. He, he's like Walker. There's always a brain fart in him, or something goes wrong. Unfortunately, mm. 
Okay, second part of Martin's question, Martin King's question was, um, who do you hate more, Chavsky or Woolwich? Chelsea or Arsenal? Out of those two, it's got to be Arsenal. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd also throw West Ham into that ring as well. Mm, mm, yeah, I'm not a big... I was asked this yesterday um, by someone else, um, which of which of the three do I hate? And I just immediately just dismissed West Ham. I just, to me, they're nothing. I've grown up not having, not knowing anybody who supports West Ham in all my life. You know, I mean, like, never mind friends, I mean, work colleagues, anybody that I even like acquaintance, whatever. I don't know anybody, so I've, I haven't grown up with that sort of rivalry. I don't regard them as a serious team. I find them more of an um, annoyance than anything. It's you know it's when they beat us and they get a bit um, a bit cocky, but I just, I don't really never really given two shits about them. Between Chelsea and Arsenal, for me it's got to be Arsenal. Um, I'd say that with Chelsea in recent years we've there's been a rivalry maybe the last. 10-15 years um, there's been big games where we've come come up against them um, you know cup semi-finals a uh, couple of league cup finals you think of the battle of the bridge all of those sort of things um, the season we were we, we finished second to them in the league when Conte was manager and we they beat they beat us we beat them at, at our place um, White Hart Lane um then we played them again in the semi-final of the FA Cup. So there, there, there's been a lot of big games with them recently. I always feel a sort of tension beforehand, as I would say when I'm playing Arsenal, big game. But I would say that although I get satisfaction from beating them both, losing to Arsenal is more painful. It takes longer for me for, for, for the system to process it, to get over it, than I'd do with Chelsea. So, yeah, for me, I'd say Woolwich. Mark? You know, while you've been talking, I've just been thinking about it, and it's a tough one for me. And I think the realization for me is that it's for me, it's really based on who's playing for them and who's there at the time. I don't like either of them, I don't like you know, their fans piss me off when they start trying to goad us for no fucking reason. But like, it depends on the players. Like, you know, I hate, hated Costa, I hated Hazard when Hazard said he wanted Leicester to win the league, I fucking hate him for that. Um, you know, I hated wheelchair. I hated Chesney. So for me, it's more of, and you know, but then by the same token, there's both teams have had players that I've just you can't help but like. You know, you can't help but admire their their skill set or their quality. So between Arsenal and Chelsea, I'd say they're probably they're almost like on a seesaw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, number one is West Ham. Number, you know, it's well documented with me. Number one is West Ham. They're insignificant. They seem to think that they're on our level and they're nowhere fucking near us. They're the team I do not want to lose to the most because to me that is just immensely embarrassing to lose to them. That's the game that I'm probably most tense going into is West Ham because I so badly don't want to lose. But by the same token, they're like... You've got more when you go to play them. You've got more reason to believe that you're going to get satisfaction. You know what I mean? Like if we score a goal against them, or if we we score one, I'm suddenly I'm a hell of a lot more confident and a lot easier uh, for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's like West Ham are a lot easier wank. You're going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas others, maybe not. You may not get there. Right. Um, let's discuss... <laughs> Let's um let's discuss Europe finally. Um so we drew against last middle of the week. Um bigger picture, um the point was enough to send us through, so we've we've with a game in hand we we're in the knockout stage, which will start in February, I believe. I think. Or it used to start in February, I don't know if it's still starting in February, I don't know in this so, okay. So it's the last thirty two. Bloody so this is a long long, long competition. Um we've also got Antwerp at home this um this Thursday, and should we win that, we'll top the group. And I think that would mean if we did, if we did do that, and if we did top the group, we would avoid the Champions League fallouts in the knockout stage or in yeah. the last thirty-two, possibly. Okay. Um, yeah, job done against Lask, but it wasn't a great result. I mean, was it? Was it that bad, really? I mean, given that we did what we needed to do. Given, given that it. it they tried to play like we played today, but just couldn't. They were, they, like I said, there was a lack of concentration there, um, and a couple of penalties, and their goals. Joe Hart couldn't catch COVID. He's he's his third choice at Burnley, and he's a poor goalkeeper. And how he's become second choice for us, I don't know. Um, Do- Doherty has seemed to regress. I, I think he's a wing wing forward playing a de- as a defender, and I don't think he can defend. Tanganga, I got nothing against because he's a young lad, and his debut against Liverpool has put him in good stead. Um, I don't think Mora had a very good game. I think the only one that really can hold his head up from that performance was Ndombele. Really, mm. um, the rest of them did not look like they wanted to be on that pitch. And um, from Jose's comments, I think that bears fruit. Um, but it, I don't think it was a very good performance from the, the team at all, um, unfortunately. It felt a bit like going forward, we just didn't, we just seemed a bit inco- incoherent. And I thought mid- midfield we looked overrun with with no Sissoko. Uh, so we had Hoiberg and both Lisselso and Don Ballet starting. The other thing I'll tell you what was interesting was here was a situation where it seems a bit more. What's the phrase I'm looking for? We weren't sitting back. They weren't sitting back. It was a bit more um, end-to-end. And we had more of the ball. We didn't really use it properly we, in the we final third. We two passes together, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. It, was, it was terrible. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Undombele was good. Thought we were, it was just a terrible performance. Our goals came from nothing. Absolutely from nothing, but by the same token, if 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 Bale had just blasted the ball in the net instead of trying to set Sun up, it probably would have been a different different finish too. Mm. Um, no, it was just it was just an awful performance, really bad. Nobody nobody did well, and it's Joe quite, Hart is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's quite telling. Like you said earlier, John that. Um, about Jose's comments uh, regarding after the match where he sort of said inferred that bl- some players or a few players didn't really want to be there they didn't really fancy the Europa and he also then sort of in the same sentence mentioned Son and Oiberg being key players mm. both of whom started that game so you'd have to assume he didn't mean those two um, 
then begs the question: Who was he talking about? Was he talking about you know Doherty, or, or did just Doherty just have a poor game? I'd say with Doherty, he's probably he's probably just a backup right back at the moment. Serge seems to be the main man. Um, was he talking about Gareth Bale? Should we, should we discuss the elephant in the room? Yeah, I, I think he maybe was discussing. Maybe Hoiberg didn't want to be in in Austria. Um, it did look bloody cold and snowy. Mm. Um, I, I'm not. I, I never went overboard when we signed Bale, and I still um, have my reservations for him. He, he he keeps saying he needs to have a big performance, and so far I haven't seen anything to to say to me he's got one in him. Um, I, I don't know how many more games you can say where his lack of fitness is going to be costing him um, because he's got to be pretty fit by now. Um, I don't well, match match fit. That's the thing, though. Well, no, even even so, Jazz, he looks like he's lost all of his pace, not just a yard of it, all of it. He, yeah. Um, that that pass that he put across um, that should have been stuck away. You know that's a, that's a simple pass to put put a ball in front of somebody. I, I, I'm I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced by him, and I, I'm becoming less convinced by him by the by the by the time he's on the pitch. Unfortunately. Um, okay. I I don't think this. I'm just putting this out there. Right? Did Madrid sell us a dud? Yeah, they haven't sold him. He's on loan. Did sorry. Did Madrid loan us a dud then? Yes. And um, I, 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 yes, I don't. Th- is well, it? Is I, this why he wasn't getting game time? I, I, every, no. I think everybody, everybody thought he was going to be the Gareth Bale of old when he came back. Yeah, but that was that was stupid. That was re- that was wishful thinking. I mean, I didn't think that, and I wanted him back. Any any Spurs fan who actually hand on heart really believed they were going to get the 2013 Gareth Bale is is delusional. I'm sorry, and even I, who wanted him back, didn't didn't want didn't expect that i knew i knew that he'd, he'd lost a bit of pace you know he wasn't gonna yeah you're, you're right johnny it's questionable has he lost a bit more pace in fact that's 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 the the thing that we don't know um i don't think we'll he'll sign we'll buy him at the end of the season i think he'll go back i really do and i think if you gave us the choice and i think i've asked this question i don't know if it was on here given the yeah. choice if it was bail or vinicius i would take vinicius yeah, I think it. I, I I think it's confidence. I think it's fear. To me, looks he looks fucking scared to get injured. To me, like there was a tackle that he uh, like a fifty-fifty went in for on Thursday night, and he just fell on the floor from virtually nothing. And it wasn't him trying to go down either. Just I think he's. I don't think he's there mentally either. I really don't. I mean, you looked on Thursday. He. he wasn't really in it. He, you know, he scored the penalty. Then the penalty, you know, at the start of the second half, there was a couple of little, tiny little moments where you thought, okay, he's showing more confidence now. But um, I think a lot of this is com- is is confidence. His confidence really isn't there. Not when it comes to, you know, the big game on the pitch. I was actually really, really nervous of him being picked to start today because I, I, I honestly feel as well when when Bale plays my biggest concern when Bale plays I can I can accept that he's not going to be the Bale he was my biggest concern is that it weakens us as a defensive unit mm. it weakens us on the press it's like we're playing with ten and a half players when he's on the pitch to me that's what concerns me but I haven't I haven't given up on him either I think I think he needs 
something's got something's got to give, and he's got to, you know, he's just had a. He, what you got to remember too is he's just come from a mentality where he's like, well, yeah, I want to play, I'm ready to play, but I ain't gonna be played, right? He's mm. he's had a. No matter what anybody says, he's been able to relax mentally the last couple of years because of his relationship with Zidane. Maybe he kind of needs to snap out of that a little bit too and get some more hunger back. I haven't given up on him, but I'm very, very... I'm not... Put it this way. I am not... I would not be concerned if Bale was sub for the rest of the season. If we just brought him on for 20 minutes at the end of the game or whatever... I'd at least like to see him like bang a free kick in or something to get his confidence going. So I, um, I think if you take the worst case scenario, then we don't have to we don't have to take the the option of a second year, right? Yeah. He goes back, no problem, nothing, no, nothing, nothing gain, I've ventured that sort of thing. It's fine. I, I'm, I think, okay, maybe it's maybe it's the, the Bale family and me. I hope. That some of the reasons why he's not hitting the form is he's not had a preseason, he's not played football properly, much football in the last 12, 18 months. So he's he's, he's playing catch up. Yeah, he's physically fit. He's training now. He's it was was it a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago? Um, Sacramento made some positive noises saying, "Oh, well, he's 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 really sharp in training." That sort of thing. He's not match fit. Everybody else is playing. Has been has had a preseason. Has had been playing at that at a certain intensity and and it takes a while for him to, to catch up and yeah he might be mentally fragile if you if you consider when he started at Spurs a lot of fans were writing him off then I, I in his first spell at the beginning when it wasn't going well and it was just, just the, the stupid stat going around how we never want a match with with Bale starting for 20 20 odd games something like that I thought that was ridiculous back then because from what I saw of him early in his that early part of his first career I, I saw a really good player. I did admittedly I didn't see the ever foresee the player that was gonna be this world superstar and you know but I, I still thought he was a good player then and, and I think fans were writing him off then and to some degree I think they are now. But he that that spell, Redknapp said of him that he seemed a bit fragile in training. You know, he, people would go in for a t- tackle and then he'd sort of he'd limp off and he wouldn't get stuck in and, and it seems to be a mental thing and I wonder now whether there's an element of that maybe he's got one eye on the Euros and he doesn't want to, doesn't want to pick up an injury with um, for, for, you know with, with the Euros and Wales I, what I'd say is it's a really long season we've got a lot of football ahead of us so um, yeah. you know if he starts to hit peak form second you know in, in, in 2021 um, when, when we're suddenly involved in Knockout stage of the Europa, FA Cup, hope, hopefully um, league, etc. We're going to start to need him, and there's going to be injuries. I think also reminds me, of, you know, with, with Lamella when Lamella had his big injury and he was out for twelve months. So circumstances were different, but it took him a while to come back. He was almost like playing within himself. He was like a little bit tentative. It took a while, and I, and I think that's where. That's the impression I get with with Bale at the moment. He's just a little bit, little bit cautious. I think, and I think he needs a run of games. But the trouble is, right? If you've got the most important thing is the team, and if he's not, 
if you're playing a, an 11 and he, like you said Mark he's sort of a 10 and a half and he's sort of the weak link and you've got other players on the bench like Mora and Bergwijn who can come straight in and do a job yeah. then as a manager what are you going to do you're not going to pick Bale you're going to keep picking those players you're going to put the team ahead so we've got that depth uh, in the squad in those forward positions we've got Mora we've got Bergwijn we've got um, Lamella, who's okay, injured. Yep. Yeah, Lamella's injured. Um, you want to throw in Delhi into the mix. We've got all of these players now, Vicinius, such that, um, yeah, maybe if we didn't have that, that depth, you'd have to, you'd have no choice but to play Bale and he'd keep playing, and eventually he'd work his way into um, some sort of match fitness. But at the moment, it's it's very stop start stop start. I'm wondering. I, I don't know. Might might be a case of throwing him in more centrally getting him off of that right wing and trying him some, putting him in somewhere where he's got no choice but to kind of be more involved in the action and uh, see how he does that see if that bucks him or, or he gets more of the ball and gains more confidence you know kind of shit mm. shit will get off the pot I did wonder when we took the Celso off today there was no Dombele to come on whether Bale would come on and play in a more central role behind I don't think Jose okay. trusts him to, to go on the pitch. And if you're talking about he's a confidence boost or, or somewhere to build his confidence, I don't think Jose is the manager who's going to um, do that and allow him to do that. Because this, this, look, we have said a couple of times, the system requires faultless concentration and application mm. of the system. And and if you if you're playing with somebody who gives you that that 50% of a, a player off, it's not going to work, and he's not going to trust him on that pitch. So he won't bring him on, and he is fourth choice behind Mora, Bergwijn and Lamella if he's and if Lamella's fit so it's it's questionable why he's he's come here and if he actually and he won't stick around yeah I think he'll go back unfortunately and you know it, it was made a lot of money probably from selling bale shirts um and thank you very much yeah um he, he, he's, he's, there's still times where he can get his opportunity. We got Stoke in the League Cup. We got, you know, he might get he might get to start against Marine, this four-time Champions League winner. You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that draw. Can I just say that draw was fantastic. Um, that's a, that's a fantastic draw. And have you seen the BBC clip? And they were saying the cheers of the houses backing on the pitch, the cheers that were going round from when they drew it was fun. I'm, I'm really, that's a really good draw. The amount of times mm-hmm. we've been stiffed with, with shitty FA Cup draws and stuff, but that's a, that's a good draw. I'm really, really like that. It's good for Marie yeah, as well. We got a Manchester City draw there, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It could have been at home. Would have been nice. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good. I'll I'll take that every day of the week. It's good for them. Very good for them. Yeah, I think ultimately it doesn't actually matter about Bale, and oh. by that I mean that yeah, he, the, he he might come good, he might not come good, and we 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 don't take the option of extending the loan for another year. He might play his part um, as a sub, and that might be a valuable part. And and Jose might quite like having the option of bringing him on for a few minutes being an impact sub which let's face it effectively he was at Real Madrid um, he was an impact sub in the in the Champions League final of 2018 and did you know fantastic job when he when he came off the bench scoring two 
two goals in the, in the Champions League final against Liverpool. Um, nothing wrong with that, and he might even be happy to do that at Spurs more so than he was at, at Real. But also, ultimately, fuck him. It doesn't really matter. And I, and I love, I really like Bale. I want it. I want it, I want him to succeed, and I want Deli Ali to succeed. But it doesn't. You know, these players are going to come and go, and Jose Mourinho is going to come and go. But you know, our support for team, for Spurs, and that's that's something that's. You know that's lifelong. So if we're doing well, then it really doesn't matter how much he plays or how well he's playing. We've got other players who can come in and do a job, and that, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, it's badge on the front, not the name mm-hmm. on the back. Yep. Right. On that note, um, the next podcast we should be recording will be a week today, uh, Sunday evening after the Palace match. Um, until then, all that's left for me to say is thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners who sent in questions, and thank you to all our listeners for listening, downloading, listening to the sh- to to the show. Um, this has been the Tottenham Family Podcast. Is in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out, and we'll talk out over her.